If you like to get it done and not spend more than is necessary to learn anything, this is the podcast for you. It's named after my book, Eight Minutes to Ageless. Just 15 minutes every week, you will learn something cool to make your body better, your life better, your mind better. I share tips from my books, from other great healthcare books, some interviews with people who are making life look easy, and peeks into some case studies I see every day as a chiropractor. I've been a practicing healthcare provider for 40 years and have about another 20 under my belt because I love to see people get well, feel better, have hope, and make life better for those around them. My name is Kelly Pearson, and I'm the host of this podcast. So let's get going. Well, hello there. This is Kelly back with you on our Eight Minutes to Ages, but really our, our third session of the 21-part series on how to how to control drama in your life. And remember, it, I kind of relate it back to that story of recognizing that playing with drama, keeping drama in one's life is that thing that keeps you from moving forward, whether that's moving towards more mental sanity or physical health or just general peace and well-being. It's identifying those pieces of drama that we can so that we can let them loose and move past it. And I have 21, 21 actual causes in my life that I've been working on. And it's a constant job to, to work on it. And I, I'm taking one at a time in no particular progression. But today we're talking about fear. And um, I, I love the book by Mel Robbins, The Five Second R Rule. And it really talks about how to create everyday courage. You know, and she says that, you essentially have five seconds to act on an instinct that you have um, to physically create a change in what you're doing, you know, to step up or speak up before your brain shuts the idea down, before fear takes over. And when that happens, you're done. So Mel's advice is good if you're going to be taking action on something and we're overwhelmed by fear. Sometimes we just have to count down five, four, three, two, one, and do it. Anyway, now all of this, there's a caveat, of course, is you have to be prepared to do the thing you're wanting to do, and you have to have the knowledge on how to do the thing you want to do. You can't just decide to jump out of an airplane without training. You can't decide to um, pretend to be a chiropractor and adjust someone's neck who has neck pain. You can't just decide that stuff. You have to be prepared. But I'm talking about in all of life when we're very well prepared to live our lives, but we get stopped and we let fear shut us down. And then we don't find our next best step towards the thing that will take us to that next best place. And so when I'm talking about Fear. I'm going to give you many examples that, you know, we're, we're racked with fear all day long, whether you know it or not, you may ignore it extremely well. But when you sit down and analyze it, you recognize that every day there's multitude of times where you, you let fear overwhelm you. So let's say, I'll give you some examples. You're at the grocery store and your checker has a really cool haircut and, uh, you want to say, gosh, you look great. That's that's a cool haircut. But you get stopped. Um, fear of, of, of maybe being snubbed or fear of being too nice or who knows what that fear is or fear of looking too 
uh, gracious and and maybe they won't even acknowledge that you've said thank you or who knows what those fears are coming from but a, a lot of times it's just being stingy and so to recognize something cool about another human and go man you look great or wow i really like your hair or you just make that look so easy or thanks for sharing that took a lot of courage or whatever the case might be i think fear keeps us from saying nice things to other people and that's that's too bad because when you compliment someone else your world can open up notably so another example is some self-fear like you're laying in bed at night and you hear a whoosh in your ear and you think oh my gosh am i having a stroke is this is this the big one and then just fearfully worrying about that and, and thinking about the worst case scenario or you can say well, why don't you try to relax and breathe through this and meditate through this and pray through this and voila, three minutes later, it's gone. But if you can, if you stay in the fear place, all you do is you focus on that and you can't get to sleep. And by morning, you're you're racked with the certainty that you're going to be having a stroke. Now, I mean, sometimes s signals in our body suggest, hey, you better get up and get some help when you get a crushing pain into your chest and your left arm starts to hurt and you can't take full breath. Well, obviously you don't try to meditate through that, but I'm just talking about the little niggly, iggly things that we feel from time to time that we turn into big monsters. Or the other day, I, I haven't had a cold for probably 10 years, but I got, I got stuck with a big cold and I wasn't moving along as fast as I would like. I was kind of frustrated I did work through this sore throat. I thought, okay, that's great. And a couple of days later, I woke up and I felt this little tiny pain in my throat. And I thought, dang it, I'm going backwards. And I was, I was fearful of not winning the battle. And so instead of just hanging out in the fear and upset, I got up and went downstairs and did all the things I had done before, oil pulling and um, using the neti pod and taking my supplements, drinking my water, relaxing, taking a sauna. And I got through it in, inside of three or four hours. But I could have just laid there in bed, been fearful and, and irritated. By the time I woke up in the morning, if I was able to get back to sleep, I would have had a pretty bad sore throat. So sometimes the fear keeps us from taking action for recovery. Um, what's another example? So, you know, you're in a meeting and they're talking about something that you have a really great idea. It's out of the box, but it's a really great idea. But you, for the life of you, cannot shove your arm up into the air because the fear of maybe being laughed at or the fear of being um, reduced to like oh, stupid or whatever your whatever your gig is. Sometimes you just have to five, four, three, two, one it and put your arm up in there and say, hey, you know, I have an interesting idea. It's not very typical, but I'd like to share it. You can preface it. Um, but if we hold that stuff in, we get jacked up. You know, pe people who hold things in all the time have a lot more body pain than people who don't hold things in. That the body will start to be absorbing that pain. And I can tell uh, the tension in people's bodies, like they've been, they're someone who've been holding on for a long time. And it's hard to all of a sudden release that, but you can start working on it as you think about things you want to share and just have the courage to say so. Um, and that's really one of the reasons I developed the civility workshop is so that people are put together, two people at a time, to talk about a very contrary 
opinion. Maybe you have a pro-lifer and a pro-choice person together. And, you know, in all of life, you've been very careful not to ever express your opinion, maybe about your position on pro-life because you don't want to get nailed or you don't want to be told you're stupid or whatever the case might be. But in this case, in the civility workshop, you actually get to speak your truth from start to finish without interruption and being held in a place of honor. And it feels so great to have an expression, not to change someone's mind, but just to be heard. And so I think often the drama of fear keeps us from being heard. And if you if you never get an opportunity to speak out about what's true for you, that starts to add up into tension in your body. And that drama, I promise you, contributes to pain, physical, mental suffering. Um, another example would be, let's say you're on vacation. My husband and I like to go to uh, resorts that sometimes where we don't have to do a lot of thinking, but we get to play and, and feel and not have to make a lot of plans. So one of our play, favorite places is Club Med and you can do crazy things like the flying trapeze, which I do and volleyball and, and windsurfing and soccer and, and just a whole host of things that are water skiing, whatever you like. And I do do the flying trapeze um, and, and it scares the absolute hell out of me every time I do it. But when I've completed the, the time and I've been able to be successful flying through the air and being caught, it feels amazing. But if I didn't take the fear of climbing up the ladder, and you're very, very safe, they don't allow you to get hurt, you're strapped in and all kinds of things. If I didn't take the, like, the move the fear away as I'm climbing up that ladder and I'm, you know, trying to find my breath and thinking, why am I doing this at 65 years of age? Um, and finally, when I do do it, I realize, oh, yeah, that's why you have to get to the other side of the fear to see some magic. I'm actually going to put a little video of my the one I did last year so you can actually see I'm not making this stuff up. But yet I'm embarrassed, like I want to play on the volleyball. They have pickup volleyball, um, beach volleyball um, games. And there's some there's some real athletic people that play and then some not so athletic people that play. And because I worked at Gonzaga for so many years and I watched competitive volleyball I realize I'm not a great volleyball player, but I'm athletic enough. I could I could kick it, and I know I could contribute to the team, and I know I could have fun. But still, last time I was there, I wasn't able to get past that fear of just like, oh, can I play? <laughs> but I'm going to do that next time because what the heck? I'm I'm capable, and who cares if I'm not great? I could certainly have fun throwing myself about in the sand. Um, another example is the other day I was giving a lecture to a group of about twelve people. I was talking about my book and I said, hey, does anybody want to try the sit to stand test with me here? And so we can talk to the group about what it takes. And that's when you sit on the ground and you bend your knees and your hips and then you go to stand up without touching the ground at all. And you can do that if you have healthy knees, good flexibility of your ankles, healthy, healthy hips and some abdominal engagement. And nobody raised their hand for several minutes and then finally someone did. And I brought her up and she she did great. And I, I gave her a free book as for the courage of saying, okay, good job, man. You came up front and you potentially could have been super embarrassed. And who cares, right? You did it. And it wasn't perfect, but it was darn good. And so my point in, is that in that room, 90% of the people chose fear instead of possibility. 
And the other, the other examples would be like asking for help. Oh, God forbid, if we were to ask for help, for instructions, for support, for um, someone to sit down and listen to us. We don't want to be bothering people. We don't want to be taking advantage of other people's times, yet we'd be the first ones to be there for that human being. And, you know, I fall prey to these things a lot as well. Like the other day, I am, um, I'm, I'm committed to working with a gentleman by the name of Chris, Chris Mayer. He wrote a book, Free for Life, and he does a tremendous, tremendous work with post-traumatic stress syndrome through breath and body work. And I, I really want to do his work. I want to take, I want to get his work and I receive his work and I want to learn from it, but it's really expensive. And uh, my husband and I are partners all the way and we share, you know, finances, of course. And I, I was, I was actually fearful of talking to him about it because it was a lot more money than either one of us would typically spend on uh, continued education. It took me about three weeks and then we were sitting in the sauna together after workout and I just said, hey, I want to, I want to tell you something I'd like to be able to do. And it was fabulous because he knew that I really wanted to do this and I had done my homework and I had actually interviewed with the gentleman who accepted me in, into the program. And I, I asked if, you know, we could actually spend that money, which was a lot. And we've been spending some things on the house. So I was like a little sensitive about more, more money going out, but my husband totally supported me, but it took me three weeks to come up with the courage to get past that fear. And, you know, we all have our stuff. We all have, we all have our stuff that scares us. I mean, my God, my husband's so supportive. We've been together for 30 years. I know I'm like the back of my hand, but still, I had that fear of, of causing upset. So what if I was too afraid to ask and I n never would be able to get the the, the extra training that I'm, I'm so excited about getting? That would be sad, you know? And I, I always like this, this adage, you, you don't want to, you don't want to let your your song die inside of you. You know, you've got to take the risk. You've got to you've got to believe in yourself. And all day long, when you're at, when you're at your work, maybe your work requires some manual skills. That um, sometimes what you're doing is hard, and and you wonder if you have what it takes to fix the problem in front of you. And sometimes, like you know, for me as a chiropractor. I have this human being in front of me who's maybe super stiff and they need this particular joint to open up, but I'm, I don't want to get too aggressive because they're older or frail or osteoporotic or, you know, they're just so damn stiff and stoic that doing too much change will cause them to be too sore. Yet I know what I want to accomplish. And I'm sometimes stuck with in a space of fear of, should I do this adjustment um, differently? Or should I do it in the way I know I can get things to move? And I'm constantly back and forth with that decision. And quite quite honestly, if I didn't have faith, if I didn't have faith in God, I would have a harder time making those decisions because I really do let my my um, I really do trust my intuition to say, no, Kelly, this is okay to do for this person. I you know I feel connected. I feel connected to to God. I'm I'm. I'm paying attention to what I'm doing. I'm not doing something um, too quickly or not thoughtfully. And there's times when, when my inner self says, no, don't do that. This person's not ready for that. Okay, good. Many of us have jobs like that 
where we have to institute skills and it can't just be be cavalier and you're constantly trying to address the risk and benefit of, of what you're up to. I mean, certainly surgeons have that kind of thing all the time. So uh, the point is at work all day long, you're dealing with this issue of do I or do I not? Am I am I fearful of not accomplishing what I hope to accomplish? Or am I actually fearful of, of maybe not producing not such a great outcome? Either way, Either way, we have to reckon with it. And when you do have the capacity to make the decision to go for it because you're prepared and you're capable and ready and it's the right thing, then you just have to step in. And to me, the best movie in the world was um, when we we were watching um, The Last Crusade with uh, Indiana Jones. And he had to take that leap of faith. Remember, he was between two caverns and he had to step out into thin air and get and in that moment, this bridge to this next big rock that he needed to cross this canyon, all of a sudden manifested. You know, that leap of faith is what we are able to do, but so often we talk ourselves out of it. And it breaks my heart when, if you could just have a little more courage, just a little more a little, a little little more bravery, you could get past that fear, which would afford you the step into yet an even cooler place to that next best step, to that step that'll take you to the next bit of action, to that step that will lend you to meet the next person that will help you accomplish a goal you think is important. You know, but if you're just sitting within your own space all the time and being safe, not climbing the ladder to the trapeze or um, not asking, hey, can I play volleyball with you? Or whatever whatever instance we're talking about, you won't move out of that dramatized, fearful space and you will die with your song inside of you. You will be giving up that potential. So Maybe a thing I would recommend for you is to get Mel Robbins' book, The Five-Second Rule. There's actually quite a few summaries of her book online on Amazon that are much shorter and give you the essence of what she's talking about. So as, as maybe an action step for you to start moving towards scary stuff um, while all the time really honoring the fact if you're if you truly are a human being that's prepared to do the crazy thing you're choosing to do. I'm not asking people to do silly things are not prepared to do, but I am asking people not to let fear ruin their next best possible step. All right, so uh, let's see how you do with these ideas this week. Let's see when you can raise your hands. Let's see a person you might compliment. Let's see what you might do at work that takes a little bit extra courage and see how the world opens up to you. All right, you guys, have a magnificent day. Hey, thanks for spending 15 minutes with me. My website, pearsonmurray.com, includes an awesome, if I don't say so myself, online classes I teach on chronic neck and chronic back pain, really designed to give you tools to kick your own pain. If you want to play on the civility workshop with us, you'll find the Zoom links on that resource page as well. Pick up my book, Eight Minutes to Ageless, for someone who's driving you nuts, moping around, feeling sorry for themselves. If you want to watch online videos of the active content of my book, go to 8minutes8minutes.com. 
Of course, a great review of this podcast is always appreciated and even better to share it with a friend. Hope you have a terrific day.